Welcome to another life-impacting message from City Light Church. You can find more great content like this online at citylight.church. So brand new series. This series will take up a chunk of this year. So it's going to be a decent chunk. We're starting in the book, in fact, all the way through the book of Isaiah, which is a huge book in the Bible. In fact, it's, um, I mean, we'll get into this in a little bit, but it is, it's not just a book, it's actually many, many scrolls kind of all combined together uh, under the authorship of this guy called Isaiah. Isaiah, it is, man, I've been looking forward to preaching Isaiah for a very long time. Uh, our eldest kid, five years old, his name is Isaiah, um, named after the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah, the prophet, not my son, Isaiah, is... Uh, one of the like pivotal books. You know, I mean, all, all of Scripture is awesome. Okay, uh, all of Scripture is great. We we uh, we hold Scripture in incredibly high regard as the very words of God to us, uh, inspired by the Holy Spirit. All of them, and so and preserved for us as well. And so, um, you know, in in, or, in order to say that Isaiah is really great, I'm certainly not saying that other parts of Scripture are less great or not great. Uh, but we are putting a spotlight onto Isaiah for the next like three or four months, five months even. We're going to spend a chunk of time in it. Uh, it's a big book, uh, you know, verse for verse, one of the biggest books of the Bible, uh, depending on how you break it down, the biggest book of the Bible. Uh, and what we're going to do today is <clears throat> I want to start off so that you get the most out of the whole series. Because we're going to be spending so much time in the series today. Normally what we do is we would get a chunk of scripture uh, from one verse to maybe up to a chapter, depending on uh, where we are in, in the Bible. And we'd just do a deep dive into that chunk of scripture and we'd just go verse by verse through a whole book. So we've done this through many books of the Bible already. Um, Hezekiah in the Old Testament, um, Galatians and Ephesians, Philippians in the New Testament, uh, a, a bunch of books of the Bible. This, this is what we do. We just trawl through Scripture because all of Scripture is breathed out by God, uh, profitable for us. Like it's, it's good for us, fruitful for us to get into Scripture for teaching and reproof and rebuke and, and all kinds of things so that we may be built up uh, into completion, into perfection and to the likeness of Jesus. That's why we love getting into Scripture and Isaiah certainly will aid us in that. And so that we can really make the best use of the next 19 or 20 weeks. Today, I want to do an overview of Isaiah. So we're not going to be like in a particular section of Scripture, although we, we will read a chunk of Scripture as well. What I want to do is give you like the bird's eye view of Isaiah. Where does it fit in Scripture? Where does it fit in history? Uh, who are these key players? What are they even doing? What is Isaiah even all about? So this is kind of like... Um, you go and see a movie, and before the movie, there's all the trailers, and this is like the trailer to a big, epic movie starting, opening next week. That's what we're doing. It's, it's just like a, it's a serial movie, 20 weeks worth, got to come back every week to actually you know, make sure you don't miss out on any of it. But So today I want to start off with giving a few, uh, it, might, it might be, I don't know, I hate to say like lecture style, but I want to like plow through a couple of um, context-setting facts about Isaiah, about the context, about the people. Uh, even, man, this is, this is even like a book of political intrigue as well. Uh, just international, uh, you know, machinations and, and all kinds of stuff. Man, it's really, it's an amazing book of Scripture. 66 chapters long. There are 66 books in the Bible. 
66 chapters long. It's split up into two sections. The first section is 39 chapters. 39 chapters in the Old Testament as well. 27 chapters in the second half. 27 I'm not trying to like draw correlations where there are no correlations or say that it's significant where it's not significant. I'm just saying that uh, in this book of Isaiah, it is, uh, it's been called the Gospel of Isaiah. Because as we look, as we will see in this book, uh, there are such clear allusions to Christ. This was written 700 years before Jesus came and walked on the earth. And we see very clear allusions to Christ. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, let's pray. We'll, we'll have a look at a couple of um, parts of this scripture and then we'll set the scene. And then hopefully towards the end uh, of today, we'll actually get into a little bit of the meat of Isaiah. What can you expect over these next couple of months? Why should you be as excited or more excited than I am that we're going to be studying Isaiah? What, what's the big deal about Isaiah? That's what we're going to be covering tonight. Who's with me? About two-thirds of you. I'll take it. That's good. <clears throat> so it's above average. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for Isaiah. Thank you for uh, this man who, well, he had a, a really tough uh, time of life and it was for your glory and for the good of those who heard it and certainly for our good. We thank you for him. Thank you for these words that you gave him, uh, that he wrote down. I ask that uh, tonight in particular, but this, this series in general would be really helpful for us, that we would know you more, know of your love more, know of your holiness in a greater capacity, uh, that we would um, not read ourselves as the hero into this book, but uh, that we would see you as the hero, not just of this book, but of the universe, certainly of our lives. Help us. In Jesus' holy name we ask. Amen. <clears throat> So we've titled this series, The Gospel of Isaiah, Semicolon, Judgment and Hope. And this is what we see time and time and time again throughout Isaiah, 66 chapters of Isaiah. We're squeezing that down to the 20 weeks. So you know we're going to be skipping over some parts. You know we're going to be like tackling big chunks of it in one week, but other times we're going to be drilling right down into just a couple of verses. And over and over and over and over again, we'll see judgment and hope, God's judgment and promise of judgment and then also the hope of his mercy and his love, and ultimately the hope of Jesus. That's what we see in Isaiah. It's what we call it. It's become known as the gospel of Isaiah as well. In Isaiah 59, it shows us a little bit about uh, this judgment. Isaiah 59 gives us a picture of the whole book, or at least the first 39 chapters. It says, Justice is turned back, and righteousness stands far away. Righteousness is distant. For truth has stumbled in the public squares, and uprightness cannot enter. Truth is lacking, and he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. The Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no justice. If you read through, and please, by all means, read through Isaiah, uh, even if you have to do it slowly, um, you know, once in a week or once over a couple of weeks, you'll see right from the very beginning, and we'll tackle this next week, man, the first five chapters of Isaiah are rough. They give a picture of the state of, of the people of God, and it is not good. And we see in this, this small chunk that we looked at here, just a small glimmer of what we're going to see next week in particular, uh, that the scene is not great. And it gets worse throughout these 66 books, uh, chapters of Isaiah, at least over the time that these, books, these um, uh, chapters were written. It gets worse in the people of God. And then ultimately after Isaiah dies, 
We have one of the worst, in fact, probably the worst king in all of Jewish history, maybe in all of history. Just a horrific king. But we also see hope as well. Uh, Isaiah 2, 3 to 5 says this, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and shall decide, decide disputes for many peoples. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. O house of Jacob, this is God speaking through the prophet Isaiah to the Jewish people. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. This is his plea, Isaiah's plea, over and over and over again. This is his message from God. His message is judgment is coming. Turn from your wicked ways, turn from your looking for holiness, anchoring your righteousness, putting your hope in anything else, and come back to me. And Isaiah's told from the beginning and knows they won't do it. What a tragic like, job for someone to say to you, this is your job, I want you to do this, and I guarantee you it will not work. It will not happen. Rough. This is the goal over this whole series. It's the goal of Isaiah, as we'll see. People of God, don't heed this warning. I mean, that's a spoiler alert, right? I know this is the trailer. We shouldn't give away too much. You see it all in the preview. You don't want to see the movie. Uh, but this is the call. A house of Jacob, come let us walk in the light of the Lord. And I really do believe that this is what Isaiah echoes to us today. It's come and walk in the light of the Lord. We actually see this in the New Testament as well. In fact, man, the book of Isaiah... These, it's actually eight scrolls. These eight scrolls of Isaiah are quoted uh, over 60 times in the New Testament. In fact, 47 of the 66 chapters are either directly quoted or alluded to. When you see quotation marks in the New Testament, there is a very good chance that they're quoting either the Psalms or Isaiah. Over and over and over again, Isaiah is one of these pivotal, central books in the Jewish Tanakh, or the Jewish scriptures, over and over and over again. The Old Testament, uh, it's, it's comprised of uh, the law, the prophets, and the writings, or it came shortened to like the, the law and the prophets. Uh, Jesus even said, like, this is the law and the prophets all wrapped up in a nutshell. Uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. He said, this is the law and the prophets. This is the Old Testament. This is the, what became known as the, the Tanakh. And Isaiah is one of these prophets. And, and prophets, it's really important that you know what we mean by prophet. Prophet isn't just someone who says, like, this is what's going to happen in the future. It's not just foretelling future events, although Isaiah does do that. In fact, the authorship of parts of Isaiah is called into question because of the accuracy of his foretelling, like his, his prophetic insight. But what we really mean by prophet in an Old Testament perspective is someone who declares God's view of reality. That's, a, that's what prophecy means. It's declaring or having revealed to you and communicating into the context of the day God's view of reality. To the point where I would say what we're doing now is an act of the prophetic. Again, not one of those like super spiritual, this is what's going to happen in the future, prophetic, but, but for me, looking into Scripture, getting God's revelation from Scripture and communicating it into context is a for, uh, forth telling of God's 
of reality, of God's view, God's perspective. That's what he does. It's God's perspective of sin, God's perspective of his people, God's perspective of what's going to happen if his people don't come back to him and pursue holiness. And then we also have that foretelling of what's going to happen in the future, and we see that happen. In fact, uh, things that happen during the time of Isaiah authenticate his prophetic gifting or his prophetic role uh, and also show that his future foretelling events that he uh, says are going to happen, uh, that they can be trustworthy. And the, some of these things happen in his own time. So, for example, uh, at some stage the Assyrians come in and uh, they come and attack. They'd already taken over the northern kingdom. So um, the Jewish people have been divided into the northern, the northern kingdom, ten tribes, and the southern kingdoms, two tribes, Judah and um, Benjamin, and then the other ten tribes, Israel up north, Judah in the south. That's where Jerusalem was as well. Assyrians had already come in and routed the, the, Israel, the Israeli people. And then there was the Jerusalem, there's, um, Judah and Jerusalem down the bottom, and they're knocking on Jerusalem's door for years. And Isaiah says, they're not going to win. And they don't win. Uh, he, he says specific things and, and uh, times and places and they come about and then he foretells things that are going to happen in about 150 years. If you know your, um, your, your biblical or world history, you'll know that the Jewish people were taken into, um, into captivity, into Babylon, into exile. Northern Kingdom already did, already were with the Assyrians and Babylon actually eventually comes in about 150 years after Isaiah and take them into captivity. That's where we get stories like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel, and those crew, uh, Ezra, and Nehemiah. Uh, those times foretold by Isaiah 150 years earlier. And then we also see him speaking specifically, like throughout his book, throughout the 66 chapters, to this Messiah who is to come. And we can see 2,700 years after Isaiah wrote this, we can look back and go, wow, look how accurate he was. Look at these prophecies that then came to be, which is why there's such speculation about could he have possibly have written these uh, things because he was too accurate. We don't believe someone could predict future events with that accuracy. Whereas we go, man, this is just someone speaking in the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of God who created the universe with its trillions of stars, with his voice. How hard is it to predict a few things from the future? Especially when he's the one planning and preparing and executing those things. For the Christian, it's no stretch at all. Isaiah, he's the son of a guy called Amos. And Amos, uh, he's, so he's Isaiah, his dad Amos. Amos, cousins or brothers of the king. And so when we uh, see Isaiah introducing himself in Isaiah 1, we see he introduces himself as, um, uh, as being in the time of Uzziah the king. And so good chance that these guys are cousins. And so we see Isaiah here, he's not really royalty, but he has direct access to the king. In fact, we'll see he lived through at least four kings maybe five. So in scripture we see four. Jewish tradition tells us there was a fifth, this really evil king, uh, Manasseh, who, um, I mean, Jewish tradition says that Isaiah was actually killed by Manasseh uh, some, at some stage by being, uh, had his, had his um, hands bound and his feet bound, uh, tied to, tethered to one horse at one hand, one horse at the other end, and then sawn in half. Uh, really, uh, sorry, if I should have given you a, like a Graphic warning with that one. That's, that's the Jewish tradition. But at least from Scripture, we see four kings that he lives through and has his ministry over 60 years over these four kings preaching, proclaiming the same thing over and over and over again. 
Some of these kings at least got it and were trying to be good kings. Some of these kings were terrible kings. The third king, actually, he brings in idols from Assyria, trying to placate these Assyrians who are knocking at Jerusalem's door, brings in idols into the temple. Horrific uh, idolatry in the sight of a holy God. Uh, The name Isaiah, man, everything about Isaiah is prophetic. His name means the Lord is salvation, or God saves, Yahweh saves. That's his very name. His very name is, is, is preaching, is, is giving God's perspective on things. Um, Isaiah is a collection, really, so as I said, eight scrolls, and it's, a, it's somewhat chronological, but, but more than that, it's uh, like an anthology where they uh, have collected his writings over time, and it's uh, there is a section in the middle. So like I said, there's a first half of 39 chapters. There's a second half of 20, 27 chapters. There's this little bit at the end of the 39 chapters, which is really just a, a brief history of those Assyrians trying to uh, take Jerusalem and the king Hezekiah, his response in that time. He actually goes into the temple, falls on his face and begs God for deliverance. He actually has this kind of like, I mean, the Old Testament version of a come to know Jesus moment where he goes, you know what? I've been trusting in myself. just can't do it anymore. God, we need you. And uh, this is all prophesied by Isaiah. And and then you see God save him. There's oracles and prophecies and poems. Man, there's some beautiful poetry in Isaiah. If you've read it, you'll know. There's history. There's warnings. There's promises. It is like a condensed version of of all of the, the Scripture. There's psalms in there and there are prophecies in there and there are warnings in there. And, and there are blessings in there, and there's history in there. Isaiah it really is one of those pivotal books of Scripture. And we know this specifically, again, because it's so utilized by the New Testament authors and by Jesus himself. Whenever Jesus is pointing to uh, his ministry or his um, authenticity as the Son of God or the Son of Man, as he called himself, he points to Isaiah all the time. He points us back to Scripture all the time. Isaiah also has really hard-hitting criticisms of empty religion. Man, he does not pull punches at all. Uh, Has criticisms for leaders who look to other places, specifically Egypt, for salvation. Um, There are panoramic and extraordinarily impressive views of God's coming day of judgment. The uh, new heavens and the new earth is first prophesied in Isaiah. So we see this is still to come. Some of uh, Isaiah's prophecies we're still looking forward to. Um, some of the most famous of all the messianic prophecies come from Isaiah. So we see them throughout Scripture, even from, from uh, just out of the Garden of Eden. We see the Messiah already prophesied back then. But in Isaiah, we see this all the more. Man, I can't wait till we get to those passages. Uh, we see honest exposures of a rotten society. Uh, the famous story of Isaiah's call and commission. Uh, we'll, get that in, we'll get to that in week three. Three, which is actually Isaiah 6. So he doesn't start with his call. He has this kind of origins story uh, at, uh, after five chapters. Then we actually find out how he gets his prophetic call. Um, man, there's a lo- there's, it's huge. It's huge. I liken it to uh, how we read the book of Revelation, maybe. 
where we see some has, has happened and some we're looking forward to, the Jewish people would have viewed Isaiah in a similar kind of way. Different kinds of writing, uh, but they would have viewed it in a, in a similar kind of way. Some of it has happened, some of it we're looking forward to, uh, but it tells us about God's character, tells us about God's plan, tells us about our part in God's plan. And as we look back on Isaiah and we see prophecy after prophecy fulfilled, we have great confidence in looking to other places in Scripture and having confidence that those prophecies that are still to come will happen, not because of the prophecies, but because of the one who gave the prophecies, because he's faithful and powerful to do what he wants to do. So, so here we are. Let's set the scene. This is, this is Isaiah. Uh, happened, again, like I said, about 700 years before Jesus uh, came and walked the earth. Isaiah was a professional prophet, like vocational prophet. That was his job, was a, was a prophet. We see this in his, in his book, in his writing. That was his job. 60 years, four kings he lived through. Um, king Isaiah, Uzziah, I should say, king of the southern kingdom. Uh, Yotham or Jotham as well, Ahaz and then Hezekiah. We see him uh, all throughout these four. And uh, he's a contemporary of Micah, Hosea and Amos. So Micah and Amos around the southern kingdom as well. Hosea up in the northern kingdom. If you want some better context about what was going on in this time, you can look at those prophets as well. They'll give you more, a greater idea of what's actually happening in Isaiah's day. If you want to look at some of the, the, what his prophecies are talking about, you can then go to Daniel and you can go to um, uh, even Jeremiah and uh, play, uh, places like that and you can see actually what, a, you know, what was the effect of this. So this was promised and it's fulfilled over here. So you can see with some of those, uh, Ezra, Nehemiah, those ones as well. You see similar passages. Isaiah's married. Doesn't say the name of his wife. He just calls her the prophetess. So prophetess is either uh, like the duke and duchess, just by virtue of being married, uh, she had that title, or she had also a genuine prophetic gifting as well. That's kind of like a family business. Uh, that, you know, they were the, the traveling prophecy band, and uh, that, you know, that, that was their job. Isaiah had some kids, at least two kids, at least two sons, and even his son's names were prophetic. His first son, he called Shea Jashub, which meant a remnant shall return. A remnant shall return. That's pretty encouraging. That's an encouraging one. Second son, though, uh, <clears throat> maybe less encouraging. This is the, one of the longest names in the Bible. His name was Meher Shalal Hashbaz. And that means quick to plunder. Quick to plunder, or hurry to the spoils. Even his kids' names prophesy and, and, and tell us about what God is doing in his time through the prophet Isaiah, and not just through the prophet Isaiah, but what he's, what he's warning his people through his prophet Isaiah that is about to happen. This is going to happen. And we see that it does happen. Uh, we see uh, these things, these prophecies actually fulfilled in his lifetime. So, um, as I said, Isaiah, uh, the Assyrians coming in to take uh, Jerusalem, that failed just as Isaiah said it would in um, chapter 36, 37. Um, the Lord healed Hezekiah's critical illness just as Isaiah predicted in Isaiah 38. Long, like 150 years before Cyrus was the king of Persia, Isaiah names Cyrus as the guy who was going to be instrumental in delivering God's people from, people from captivity. Really huge. Um, there are a few of the ones there. Uh, as I said before, 47 chapters of Isaiah are directly quoted or alluded to by Jesus and his apostles. This is like, as we, as we think about 
Isaiah, and as we read through Isaiah, and again, I'd encourage you to read through Isaiah, and read it through the lens of, this, this is the Bible that Jesus read. Now, when Jesus starts his ministry, walks into um, a worship service, maybe like this, steps up to do a scripture reading, he unravels the scroll, it's Isaiah 61, and he reads through that scroll, and then he sits down and he says, this prophecy has been fulfilled in your hearing. That is such a boss move. (laughs) He reads a scroll, prophesying that he would come. Sits down and says, I am the guy that Isaiah was telling you would come. It's a big deal. Because what it does is it both authenticates um, Jesus as the one who wants to come, but also Jesus then authenticates Isaiah, that we can trust Isaiah, that when we're reading this book of Isaiah, we can trust it because Jesus used this as his Bible, or at least part of his Bible, when Jesus announced his ministry. That's in Luke 4. In fact, that's a reading for this morning, uh, apparently. Luke 4. Uh, Philip, uh, after Jesus has ascended, Philip, <clears throat> uh, you remember, remember Philip, man, he had some amazing things happen. He was a super fast runner. Uh, he teleported. Teleported. That's pretty amazing. Uh, you don't really like, you know, no one questions the teleportation in Scripture uh, as one of the like, more miraculous things, but I think that's pretty amazing. Uh, anyway, so he catches up with a eunuch, Ethiopian eunuch, who's traveling, <clears throat> evidently a wealthy guy, who's trying to read a scroll. And you know which scroll he's trying to read? It's Isaiah, seventh scroll, Isaiah 53. And Isaiah 53, man, is one of the, the clearest predictions and prophecies of the Messiah of Jesus in all of the Old Testament. And he's reading through it, and he says, I don't understand it. And Philip comes along, and the Holy Spirit opens this eunuch's eyes. Because he's talking about Jesus. John the Baptist sends a message he's in prison, sends a message to Jesus and says, are you the one, or should we expect another? Are you the guy we're looking for? Are you the one who, who the Old Testament has been pointing towards? Or is there somebody else who's to come? And, as, and Jesus responds to him and basically quotes Isaiah 29 and then Isaiah 61 again. And says, don't you see what's happening? Yes, I'm the guy. I'm the one. And does this by quoting Isaiah. Man, Isaiah is so important. So important. This is the Bible that Jesus used, that the apostles used to point to Jesus. Man, if you can't tell by my voice, I'm excited to be getting into Isaiah. Oh, boy. Uh, John 12 quotes Isaiah 6, Isaiah 53 as well. I mean, we could could spend a lot of time in there. one of the things that's somewhat unique to Isaiah is that Isaiah calls God uh, Yahweh or Yahovah. He calls him the Holy One of Israel. That's like his, uh, the, the title that he gives God. The Holy One of Israel occurs 12 times in the first, kind of two-thirds, 14 times in the second part. He's calling, it, calling God the distinct one, the, the Holy One, the separate one, the revered one. That's how he refers to God. Um, Isaiah talks about Jesus a lot. And this is one of the most exciting things about Isaiah. As you read through Isaiah, you, you will, like, as early as chapter 7, you'll be like, he's talking about Jesus. So the first five chapters, like I said before, they are, well, they're a, they are a horrific indictment on the people of God and their way of life. It's a shocker. You read through it, you'll be like, oh my goodness. Isaiah 6, 
That's his calling. You know, the one where the, the train of God's robe fuels the temple and there's cherubim, seraphim, and the you know, six wings and the, the seraph comes down with his coal and touches Isaiah's lips. We'll get there in a couple of weeks. The very next chapter, he's talking about Jesus. The very next thing, he's talking about Jesus. Talking about his incarnation in chapter 7 and chapter 9. Talks about Jesus in his youth, chapter 7, chapters 11 uh, and 53. Talks about uh, how Jesus would carry himself in Isaiah 42. Talks about the servant's obedience, the Messiah's obedience in chapter 50. Talks about the, the Messiah's message in Isaiah 61. Speaks to his miracles, Jesus' miracles in 35, chapter 35. Talks about his suffering, his rejection and his vicarious death in chapters 50 and 53. And then also, Isaiah prophesies Jesus' exaltation in chapter 52. This is what we call the fifth gospel. I don't want to like, again, I don't want to show all of the cool bits in the trailer, but I do want to whet your appetite for Isaiah. It's going to be amazing. If you haven't read, who has, who has read Isaiah before? You don't have to feel embarrassed if you haven't. Uh, Isaiah is awesome. It, it is, it's a difficult book to get through. Like there are some chunky bits you have to wade through. But persevere uh, and it will, it will be fruitful for you. Uh, especially as we go through these next few months, uh, the more you can get into Isaiah, the more you read it, uh, the more you be prepared for each week when we come together, the more context you have over what God is doing in that period of time through his people and what it means for us today. Isaiah is here, it's in scripture, to turn our eyes away from finding our hope in anything or anyone other than God. Uh, we're studying Isaiah to remind us of our sin and the folly of going our own way rather than looking to God and his ways. Isaiah is here to show us God's faithfulness to his people in the Old Testament to show that our faith in him is well placed. That's why we're studying Isaiah. We're studying Isaiah uh, to show us that God will allow us to go through struggles because he cares about our holiness. This is basic. If you want to condense the message of Isaiah, it's this. Crushing judgment is coming, but a remnant shall remain. That's it. If, if you would turn from your wicked ways, you will escape the judgment, but you're not going to do it, so judgment's coming. But God, but God will still, God will still be faithful because he's God. And a remnant will come back. That's 66 chapters all the way down into like one sentence. And it it speaks to us as well. Isaiah is here to show us that God will allow us to go through struggles because he cares about us. This is his covenant people. These are his children. These are the ones that he loves. That's why he's sending Isaiah, because he loves these people. He's telling them the judgment's coming because he loves them. Isaiah is here to show us that when everything looks grim, God is bigger than anything that confronts us. Isaiah is here to put a spotlight on our hearts revealing what we hold dear, man, it's going to be a very clarifying couple of months for us. It's going to be, oh man, it's going to be so good. Uh, we're going through Isaiah to uh, clash with our intuitive fleshly way of thinking to help us see what God thinks. And Isaiah is here to show us the gloriousness of Jesus and that God himself will save us and has saved us. This is why we're studying Isaiah. God saves sinners. This is the glorious message of Isaiah. This is why we call it the gospel of Isaiah. So we're calling it judgment and hope because again and again we see judgment and again and again we see hope. And there's never judgment in Isaiah for God's covenant people without hope. And for us, we know that God will never discipline us in a way that will ever take away 
our hope because of what Jesus has done for us. And we'll see this over and over and over again. It's the overarching, overwhelming message of Isaiah. God loves sinners and saves sinners. God is salvation. That's the very name, that's the meaning of the name of Isaiah. God is salvation. And so for us, we come back to where we started. Uh, let us walk in the light of the Lord. As we get into Isaiah, as we look through it, as you read it in your own time, you pray through it, uh, as we spend many hours seeking the Holy Spirit, um, searching Scripture and having it not just inform us, but conform us to it, uh, our goal is that we'd walk in the light of the Lord. We wouldn't uh, any longer continue to walk in rebellion, continue to walk in our own understanding, continue to run away from uh, a God, even a disciplining God, because we know that His discipline is good for us, leads to our holiness and to our joy. So let us walk in the light of the Lord uh, as we look through Isaiah. Let's pray. Father God, uh, we thank you for this prophet, and we thank you that, um, I mean, in every way, you have you've gifted us with uh, this knowledge of uh, how you've loved your covenant people in the past and how you love us today. We have such great faith in you because you've proven yourself to be faithful over and over and over again. We can trust that you love us because you have shown your love uh, even among and toward rebellious um, insolent people over and over and over again and and that's us too. And so we thank you for your grace, we thank you for your mercy, we thank you for uh, revealing yourself, your character, your will and even your plan to us in scripture and in history and and Father would you uh, do a work in our heart of conforming us into the likeness of Jesus. Would you do a work in our community in helping us to um, point each other towards Christ, even in Scripture, even as Isaiah did, and even as Jesus did, uh, pointed us to himself even through Isaiah and through Isaiah's writings. Help us do the same. We're so thankful for you. Uh, we're so grateful to uh, be welcomed into your family, to be forgiven of all of our sin and unrighteousness. We're so grateful to uh, be able to participate in your mission in the world. And so help us to do this uh, fruitfully and faithfully uh, with full joy wrapped up in who you are. In Jesus' holy name we ask. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from City Light Church. We hope you found it helpful and we'd love for you to share this message with others. For more great content, more information about City Light Church or to donate to the work of City Light Church, visit us online at www.citylight.church.